Let's stand to our feet, take our Bibles in our hand. Come on, this is my Bible. It is the Word of God, and I believe it. I will not be conformed to the image of this world. I will be transformed by the renewing of my mind. Tonight, I'm taking another step toward God's plan, God's purpose, God's destiny for my life. I will never be the same in Jesus' name. If you believe that, shout amen. Well, tonight I want to pick up where we left off last week. We've been talking about these great patriarchs of old. We've been talking about how in Hebrews 11, you have all these heroes of faith who have gone before us. And chapter 11 leads into chapter 12 where it says, Now we are surrounded by a great cloud of witnesses. And these witnesses, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, and Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, all these great men and women of faith are in the grandstands of heaven, and they're cheering us on. Amen? And we talked about what, what it would be like if somehow, some way, they could step out of the grandstand of heaven and run around the track with us. What, what tidbits of, 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 of advice, of encouragement, of wisdom could they give us that would help us in our walk with God. And we looked at uh, Noah when he built the ark. That if Noah could step down and, and run along the track with us. And put his hand on our shoulder and encourage us. He would tell us, hey, treasure God's word. He would tell us, take small steps of faith every day. He would tell us, hey, trust God with your future. Amen. And then we looked at uh, Shelley taught on Jonah. And then we've been talking about Joseph. And we learned from Joseph that he would tell us to dream again. And, you know, we're wearing uh, Captain America. How many, know, how many saw the, the movie Captain America? How many know Captain America had a dream? And I know he's not real, okay? I know that. I know it's just a car. But you know what? We talked about how you could be creative in teaching things with your kids. You can take different things in the culture. You can take things like Captain America. Uh, and, and you know what? Captain America, he just wanted to make a difference. He just wanted his life to count. Remember how he kept on trying to get into the army? You're too small. You're a runt. You're, you're, you're not fast enough. You're not good enough. Huh? But, but man, he had this overwhelming desire. I want to make a difference. And you know what the great thing about Captain America? It was never about him. It was never about him. It was about the good of the country. It was about helping other people. Man, those are some pretty godly characteristics. Amen? Now, juicing up to get the effect, just skip that part. Okay? Where they, you know, just skip right over that. That's a bad thing. You can tell them right there, see, you don't need to do that to be special. You know what? Get, just get the Holy Spirit will come in, and he'll make you the special person you need to be to make a difference. So you're going to have to clean it up some because it's, it's not the gospel. Amen? But you see what I'm saying? So you can be creative. And so... Joseph would tell us to dream again. And here's the things about dreams. Dreams are conceived long before they're achieved. Dreams are conceived long before they're achieved. It, dreams are like that baby. You know, you get pregnant with that baby, and then you know what? You have nine months of waiting. Huh? You have nine months. And many times what happens is we get so used to our culture. We live in this microwave culture, and we want it now. We want to take the dream that God gave us. We want it to be like a baked potato. I want to put it in the microwave, hit five minutes, and be done. And I'm here to tell you, I don't care how great your microwave is, that never tastes as good as an hour in the oven. And I can always tell a difference. If you nuked my potato or you took the time, because it breaks down more, and the butter melts, and it just... And the sour cream and the bacon bits and the chives and the cheese. And that's what I'm having for supper tonight. Who's with me? 
Uh, McAllister's. Have you ever got a potato at McAllister's? Praise God. <laughs> Those are glorious potatoes, man. That's huge. So, anyway, how did I get off on I'm hungry. Are y'all hungry? <laughs> huh? But I'm here to tell you, we, we try to microwave our dream and, and instead of taking the time. So you need to realize that, and listen, our son Drew has learning disabilities and physical struggles in his life to this day. Because he came early. They had to take him early. They had to take him 10 weeks early. And because of that, his lungs weren't fully formed. So he had to be on an incubator. And as a result of being on that incubator, you know, it, it saved him there, but it caused other complications elsewhere. Amen? So anytime you bring a dream to pass before it's time, it's, it's counted as a curse, not a blessing. Not saying Drew is a curse, you don't understand. But him coming early, you understand what I'm saying. Okay? Him coming early created complications that we didn't have with Christy, that we didn't have to deal with with Josh. They, in fact, I think they were late. They ended up inducing them. They, they were hanging on to Shelly's ribcage <laughs> saying, I ain't coming. You know? All right? And so you need to realize that dreams are always conceived way before they're achieved. So you got to be patient. And then you need to realize that the period of time between the birth of a dream and its realization, it's always a process. And you know what I've discovered? Especially with charismaniacs, we hate that word. That's like a cuss word. We hate process, don't we? We hate process. We hate it. it it's hard. It's it's. Sometimes it's boring. Sometimes it's not fun. We want the miracle. We want the instant. We want to, woo! Right? But you know what? Sometimes when God does things and, and uh, he gives us a dream, it takes time. You remember we looked at Joseph as a perfect example. And he had this dream. But you know what? At the time, he didn't have the character. If, if a month later, God would have set this up where his parents and his brothers bowed down to him, how do you think Joseph would have handled that? Yeah, that's right, you bow, baby. I told you you were going to bow. Talk to me. Come on, he was 17 years old, right? How was a 17-year-old going to handle that level of authority? But God, it was a dream and it was from God. But he didn't have the character to, to operate and function in that dream. It would be like giving a driver's license or giving the keys to a 5-year-old. They can't handle it yet. Go ahead and get the classic car, build it up, and have it ready for them. But they can't drive it until they're of age or they endanger themselves or someone else. And that's the way it is with the dream that God gives you. God gives you a dream for that business, for that ministry, for that relationship, or for whatever it is. But if you try to bring it to pass before it's time, what will happen is you're going to give birth to an Ishmael like Abraham did. And Ishmael tormented Israel and still does to this day. Hmm? And so it's way better to just back up and wait upon the Lord. Okay? And I don't mean that, that doesn't mean be passive, and that doesn't mean case sera, sera, whenever God wants it to happen, it'll happen. But you follow his leadings, and there's times he'll say go, there's times he'll say no, and there's times he'll say slow. And you follow those leading. You go when he says go. When he says no, you stop. And when he says slow, you proceed cautiously. Because he may need you to take a turn. And if you, keep, if you go full speed ahead, you'll miss the turn and you'll have to backtrack. 
you with me? Hmm? So it's always a process. And listen, during this process, you will always be faced with this dilemma. Do I give up or do I go on? Always. Mark my words. Whenever you have the dream, whether it's the dream of building a great marriage, a, a great family, that business, that ministry, whatever it is God's put in you, you will always come face to face with this reality right here. Do I give up or do I go on? And the only thing that's going to enable you to persevere and overcome is knowing that God gave me this dream. And the Bible says, whatever is born of God overcomes the world. Amen? And if you'll hang on to that dream and you'll hang on to that vision that God spoke to you, He will bring it to pass. Amen? And so we started last week using an acrostic, D-R-E-A-M, how to bring your dream to reality. And last week we talked about there are a few D's here. I couldn't just stick with one. There are several here. But one of the first ones we talked about was you got to make the right deposits. If you want to bring your dream to reality, one of the things, and I forgot all about this until Kelly Steele, Kelly Manning Steele shared this with me. You need to realize that if God put a dream in your heart, you got to make the right deposits to bring it to pass. In other words, if God called you to be a doctor, say God called you to be a, a missionary doctor, okay, for you to get your medical degree, and then so you can, not only so you can take care of your family and be a blessing to the kingdom and use your gift and skills and abilities that he's given you, but say God wants to use that and expand that and take you to other nations of the world to impact special needs kids who no way they can afford that. Okay, say that's a dream from God. What are you going to have to deposit in your heart to fulfill that dream? Eight years of med school. Talk to me. You can't just go, hey, God gave me this dream. I want to perform surgeries in third world countries. Sign me up. They're going to go, okay, send us your certificate. Send us your paperwork. Send where you're, you know, the medical institution that you had your, Right? Okay, they want to know, okay, that's great, you got the heart, but do you have the credentials that back it up? Talk to me, somebody, right? Man, I just love working on cars. Well, let me see that certification hanging on the wall that you know what you're doing. Huh? Right? So if you want to fulfill the dream, you got to make the right deposits. Well, Kelly, man, he still posted this on Facebook a couple of days ago, and she said, and I totally forgot about this, she said about two years ago, we, it was a Wednesday night, and kind of like tonight, we had a prayer line, and we were just laying hands and praying over people. And she said, I got to her, and, uh, and I, do, I remember, I, I forgot about this until she had mentioned it. She said, you know what? She said, you were praying, said, and then you stopped, and you looked me right in the eye, the eyeball and said, you know what? You have untapped potential. You have untapped potential. And she said, you know, at the point, at the time, she said, I didn't have any idea what you meant. I didn't have any idea what God meant or what he was doing. She said, fast forward two years ago today. She got her, her RN today. Huh? She got her RN and she's going to walk across the stage. And she's going to fulfill that dream. Isn't that cool? So had the dream, had the potential. But guess what? Just because we prayed, laid hands on her and said that, you know, the certificate didn't magically appear. She had to go to school. She had to put in the hours. She had to do the studying. She had to do due diligence. In other words, she had to make the deposits. Amen? A good man out of the good treasure of his heart brings forth good things. Amen? So you got to make the right deposits. Third John 2 says, Beloved, I pray you may prosper in all things and be in health, 
just as your soul prospers. So you got to get a prosperous soul. You got to get the education. You got to get the knowledge. You got to get the skills. You got to get the competence. You got to make the right deposits in your heart in order to bring forth the dream. Now listen, think about Joseph. Think about the training he went through, the school of hard knocks that prepared him. So while he's in the prison, I guarantee you, God's speaking to him. God's given him a famine plan. Huh? He had a captive audience. Okay? Now Potiphar's wife's not hitting on him. Come on, you got to know that's a distraction. So what looked like a curse, him being falsely accused, was really a blessing. Because now he got away from the temptation, the onslaught of temptation. He's in prison, and man, God can speak to him without distraction. Huh? And so he's receiving these deposits and this wisdom and guidance and direction from God to know what to do. Amen? Number two, second D is this, desire. Desire. And, and listen, uh, desire simply means this. It means to crave, to long for, or to want passionately. Now this is huge. To crave, to long for, to want passionately. And here's the proof of whether you have desire or not. The proof of passion is pursuit. The proof of passion is pursuit. If you're not pursuing it, you don't really desire it. You're just talking out your mouth. Man, I'd give anything to be in shape like that guy. Dude, you're eating a Krispy Kreme donut and you haven't looked at a gym in four years. Bro, are you kidding me? No, you wouldn't give anything. You wouldn't even give up a burrito. <laughs> Come on. So we say stuff like that. I'd give anything to play like that. You know what? They gave everything to play like that. They gave up their friends making fun of them. And they did scale after scale after scale after scale after scale after scale after scale with the mean teacher hitting their hand over the knuckle with a ruler because they got out of time. I made Christy cry when she took piano. I was horrible. Anyway. Not on purpose, just tempo. I am planning tempo. Horrible. But you know what? She plays today. So desire is something you crave, you long for, you want passionately. So we got to see or picture God's will and desire it. Before we can bring it to pass. John 4.35. You still with me tonight? John 4.35. Jesus said this. Do you not say there are still four months and then comes the harvest? Behold, I say to you, lift up your eyes and look at the fields. For they are already white for harvest. In other words, quit waiting and go for it now. The proof of passion to desire something means... You crave and long for it passionately. And the proof of passion is pursuit. So quit saying you're going to get out of debt and pay an extra dollar toward a bill tonight. Amen? Quit saying you're going to get into shape and walk around the block, I don't care, while you're eating the burrito tonight. <laughs> but do something Tonight, quit when Jesus said, quit saying, hey, four months and then comes the harvest, so we're just going to sit back and take it easy. He said, quit. No, lift up your eyes now. The field is already wide unto harvest. 
And see, some of us, we wait for a magical day. We wait for a New Year resolution. Well, I'm going to wait for January 1st. Okay, well, we're already in half of the year. Well, May's, you know what? It's already May 9th. It's May 9th, right? Okay, it's already May 9th. I'll wait till June 1st. Don't do that. Don't do that. Don't just, just pretend today is January 1st. Okay? And we, we get all weird with certain dates. Do it now. Quit saying four months. Do it now. Do it now. Start heading that direction now. And listen, you don't, you know what happens? We get paralysis of analysis. You know what I discovered a long time ago? Just follow the direction. Just follow in the direction you believe God's leading you. It's a big key to success. Because what we do a lot of times, now I'm not talking about being sloppy and not being precise. But there's a lot of times we get paralysis of analysis and what we do is we wait for all our ducks to get in a row. And a week later, those ducks don't even matter that week. And you know what? You're a week behind. And so I, you know what I've discovered? If you'll just follow that direction and move, okay, God, you'll begin to get some momentum, you'll begin to get clarity, and you can make adjustments and you can get precise and as you go. Now, I'm not talking about being sloppy, and I'm not talking about not planning. Amen? You do need to plan. We'll talk about that later. But listen, some of you, you just need to follow that direction. You need to fall. You know, I don't know. I don't know if I want to major in this. I don't want to major. Go get a book and get a catalog and start looking at the classes. Quit figuring out what you got to major in. Most people don't declare a major until they're two years into school anyway. Fall that direction. Enroll in school. You don't have to know what your major is. Just enroll. Are you with me? Huh? Start moving. Start heading that way. Okay? And then that brings us to the third D. Decide. So make the right deposits, your desire, and then decide. Remember, desire, you got to see it before you bring it to pass. But you decide how you view the promised land. You decide whether you're going to enter the promised land or not. Remember when they came to the border of the promised land? God's, uh, Moses sent in 12 spies. Ten of the spies saw what? Giants, defeat, and despair. Right? Two of them, who, who are the two? Who? Say it again. It's amazing you know their names. Who are the ten? Because we don't remember the names of losers. We don't. Home run king. Home, home run king. One of them. One of the greats. Babe Ruth. Strikeout king. Babe Ruth too. <laughs> yeah, because you got to increase your chances of missing. But you know what? We don't, we don't really know that. We don't really, I mean, you knew. That was kind of a trick to quit. But we don't keep track of, okay, Dallas Cowboys. Biggest, okay, we know that one. Biggest, yeah, I knew you were going to say that. Uh, worst football team, Dallas Cowboys. Actually, they're not the worst. But. So you decide. How you're going to view it. So if all you see is failure, if all you see is sin, if all you see is poverty, if all you see is lack, that's what you're going to produce. Amen? So it's only when you renew your vision and you see God's best that you're going to bring forth God's best. So it really is true. What you see is what you get. So when you close your eyes at night, what do you see? How do you see your marriage? How do you see your kids? How do you see your parenting? How do you see your relationships? How do you see your financial status? More of the same? Or do you see 
increase and abundance. Do you see the promises of God? Even when there's lack, even when the economy takes a bad turn, do you see my God will still supply all of my needs according to his riches and glory through Christ Jesus? Can you see that? What do you see? Well, I'll see, man. I'll just see the gas prices going up. It's funny, my dad, and he was halfway teasing, but I'm telling you, these old-timers, you know, you get a little bit of rain, and they always say things like, well, you know, I've got some rain, but you know what? It wasn't near enough. Just want to go, dude, was your sidewalk wet? Then be thankful. Because it's wet we didn't have. Right? Talk to me, someone. Come on, I'm a glass half empty. I mean, half full guy. Huh? Not a glass half empty. I'm a glass half full. Come on, it's half full. We got some water in there. Let's be thankful. And so it's funny, my dad's like, well, you know, it got some rain Monday, but it wasn't enough. And I said, Dad, you need to be thankful for what we have and pray for more. And so then the next day, it rained all day. And my dad texts me and he goes, now that's more like it. <laughs> and so I texted him back and I said, I told you, thank God for what we received and ask for more. He texts back, okay. <laughs> okay. So, right, so you, you got to decide. So how are you seeing it? Huh? How, how are you seeing it? So you got to make the right deposits. You got to nurture and remember desire. Remember, that's something you nurture. Remember we talked about food, one of my favorite subjects, eating, right? We've all gone to a restaurant. Honey, I'm not hungry. Oh, it's amazing how much food you can eat, at least me, when I'm not hungry. Well, what happens? You really aren't that hungry. But you know what? Something happens. You get around other people who are eating. You smell the aroma of the food. It's amazing how much room is created. Huh? What happens? You nurtured desire. Why? By being in the environment of the food. Smelling the food makes you salivate whether you're hungry or not. Huh? And you desire it and you want it. You're hanging around people who are eating. And you, you're in this environment and it creates the desire that you originally said didn't exist. Well, it's the same way. Man, I'm just dry. I just don't have a desire for the things of God. You know what? Put yourself in an environment. That's why we do Wednesday midweek service. Huh? Why? Because you've got the onslaught of the enemy, the onslaught of the, the world, the onslaught of your flesh. Man, kind of drains your desire for God. Come to Wednesday night, you get in the presence of God, you're around other people. Man, now guess what? We have a desire for God. Yeah, that's right. That's right. That's what his word says. That's right. Amen. Man, I kind of got a little stumbling a little bit Tuesday. Man, I got my bearings. Watch out Thursday. Here we go. What happened? You re, you fueled that desire of the things of God by being in the house of God with the people of God. Amen? So you can fuel that desire. Listen, you want a better marriage? Hang around people who have a great marriage. Get around newlyweds. Oh, 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 oh pookie wookie. Well, what do you want? And you're like, hey, what's for dinner? Huh? And they're like, oh, pookie will get Christy, you know. Her, her and Junior, you got the matching Avenger shirts. Look on Facebook. What's it say? Me and my love in our matching shirts. <laughs> See us old married people? We'd go, me and the babe matching shirts, or me and the chick, or me and the girl, or me and the, hopefully you wouldn't say old bag or anything like that. <laughs> okay, we know better than that, right? But, you know, we wouldn't use me and my love. So hang around newlyweds. Hang around people who have the passion. Hang around, talk to me, somebody. Huh? You want to exercise? Go to a gym. Hang around those people. Huh? Just see someone running. Just run, just run up right. Take the Zumba class. I tried. My hips do not move that. Guys cannot do Zumba. 
I tried. Our hips do not move the way ladies' hips move. They're like stuck. They're like. <laughs> I lift weights. And do that. Okay, but join a class. Get in a class. Get around other people. Get a workout partner. Why? It fuels you. I don't feel like working out. See, and don't get someone that doesn't feel like working out when you do. You gotta find someone that challenge not kill you. <laughs> I have ended up in the hospital working out before. Uh, not fun. That's another story. I have to tell you another time. Yeah. Shelly will probably tell you that story. She loves telling that story. But uh, anyway, uh, but get around someone who will challenge you. So I don't feel like working out. They, they won't let you get away with that. No, come on. Come on. Now, not a Nazi. You know, not, not an exercise Nazi. But someone who's like, no, come on, man. I need your spot. How am I, how am I going to? I can't do this without a spot. You're going to let me down. Come on. Yeah, just put a little guilt in there. Little. Okay? Pull them. So get in that environment. Uh, you know, how do you feel when you order dessert and they're eating the salad? Some of you are like, I feel great. <laughs> you know what? You know, I, man, it challenges me. When I'm around people who are trying to eat healthy, I'm not saying I always do it. But you know what? It puts a little bit of positive pressure on me. Yeah, I want the salmon too. Oh, I want fried chicken. Huh? Challenges you. So make the right deposits. Fuel that desire. you got to decide to see things the way God sees things. Letter D, discipline. This one is huge. Discipline. Look at 1 Corinthians chapter 9. Are you still with me tonight? Is this all right? We may not make it out of the D's tonight, but that's okay. That's all right. 1 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 24 says, Do you not know? That those who run in a race all run, but only one receives the prize. Run in such a way that you may obtain it. And everyone who competes for the prize is temperate or disciplined in all things. Now they do it to obtain a perishable crown or a perishable prize. But we do it, we're temperate, we're disciplined for an imperishable crown or an imperishable prize. Therefore I run thus, not with uncertainty. Thus I fight, not as one who beats the air, but I discipline. Say discipline. I discipline my body. There it is right there. I discipline my body and bring it under into subjection. Lest when I have preached to others, I myself should become disqualified. So we have to be Disciplined. Now I'm going to share five things real quick and we'll end right here. Five steps to developing more discipline. First is this. Listen. Here's how you define discipline. You're disciplined if you can make yourself do something you don't want to do in order to get a result you really want. Discipline is defined as making yourself do something you don't want to do in order to get a result you really want. Dieting. Something we don't really want to do. But we're going to get the checkup. We're going to step on the scale. The pants are starting to fit snug. Right? So we don't want to diet. But we discipline ourselves. We cut back on the calories. Although we don't want to do that. We do it because we want the desired result. Talk to me somebody. Amen? And it's true spiritually, it's true physically, but physically we all, I think, can relate to that. And so here's the key. 
Here's the key to being disciplined. Some of us struggle with discipline because you think, you know what? I've tried. I just don't have the willpower. Talk to me. Come on. How many have been there? You say, the reason you're not disciplined is because you lack willpower. Whether that's reading your Bible, praying, your diet, finances, whatever. Come on. How many say you struggle with your willpower? Lift your hand up high. Okay. Several. Okay. I'm here to tell you right now, it's not a problem with your willpower whatsoever. It's not a willpower problem. You know what the key is? The key is focusing on the result you really want. It's not willpower. It's desire. How bad do you want it? It's not that you don't have the will. If you have the desire, willpower takes care of itself. Come on. You got the girl, didn't you? Huh? So maybe what would you do? You cleaned it up, baby. You were the perfect gentleman. Why? Because you wanted to marry that girl. Huh? You had to clean up your act. You had to get some things together. Come on. Talk to me. How'd you get the girl? Yes, ma'am. You're right. I love you. I'm wrong. I'm sorry. So the key is focusing on a result you really want. Amen? So whether that's trying to get in shape, get out of debt, develop a great marriage. And so here's what you got to do. Number one, determine your target. Okay? And, and again, that's the definition we just gave. What, what, the key is knowing what you really want. And that's where most of us struggle. You say you want it, but you, you, you got to really define that. You got to be specific. You got to be Clear. I want to lose weight. How much weight? When? Put urgency to it. Man, I'm tired of being fat. How much do you want to weigh? I don't know. We'll figure it out. You, you can't meet? I don't know. Huh? I just want a great marriage. What's that mean? Go out once a week. You talk. You talk nice more than you fight. What's that mean? What's great marriage mean to you? How do you define that? What do you want? See, most of us, that's where we struggle. We don't really know. We haven't really clarified. We, we haven't really got specific in what we want. Amen? So you got to be able to see it. Write it down and then put a, a to-do date. I mean, a, a, a due date. When do you want it? Example, I want to lose 15 pounds of body fat by July 31st, 2012. Specific. Okay? And then you start taking steps every day toward that. You get off track. You eat an extra can of beanie weenies. Huh? That's all right. You just adjust it for the next day. All right? So s- determine your target. Number two. This is big. List your reasons. Why do you want it? Why do you want to get fit? Why do you want to lose the weight? Why do you want a great marriage? Why do you want to read the Bible? I want a, wa- a stronger walk with God. I want to hear God's voice. I want God to use me. Okay, why, why do you want that? Okay, so, and this is, this is oftentimes missing. So, why is this goal important to you? What is at stake in you achieving it? What is at stake if you don't achieve it? Take the deposit. Take the, take the going to school. Take the God's given you a dream to be a medical missionary. What's at stake if you don't get your degree? You don't fulfill the plan of God for your life. Those are big stakes. 
Talk to me, somebody. Hmm? What's at stake? You got to define it. So, example, if we're losing weight, some examples would be, I want more energy. I want to lower my cholesterol. I don't want to put myself at risk for heart disease. I want to look more trim. I want to demonstrate that I can lead myself. I want to be a good example to my family. All right? Number three, how to be more disciplined. Identify obstacles. Because I'm here to tell you, you all know it. The day you decide to go on a diet, what happens? Your best friend, who you haven't seen in years, decides to bring by a root beer float. Or whatever. Or they bring by a pecan pie. And you're like, dude, it ain't even Christmas. Or Thanksgiving. What are you doing? Huh? I love it. Shelly, the other day, she's like, you're going to love me and hate me. And I'm like, why? And she goes, because I bought you peanut butter Oreo cookies. I'm like, oh, I hate when you do that. And she goes, I'm trying to teach you to be disciplined. I'm like, that does not help me. That does not. Come on. you Anyone with me? Huh? Dude, I can eat. I can eat the whole. You know, there's three sleeves. Oh, I can eat one whole one easy without batting an eye. Put them in cookies. I mean, milk softens up, goes down. Oh, bro. Just, it's not good. Get thee behind me. Hmm? All right? So you got to identify the obstacles. Obstacle number one, wife bringing home cookies. Okay? What are the obstacles that you need to identify? Because, listen... Obstacles are coming. You're going to go into the promised land. What are they going to, what's, what's going to be there? There are going to be giants. Okay, That's all right. God has equipped you. God said, I'm with you. You can overcome it. So there are going to come obstacles. See, some of us, we got this idea that if it's God, it'll be smooth sailing. See, you can't ever judge the will of God by open and closed doors. We got into that teaching too. Well, there was a closed door. I guess that's not the Lord. No, if God told you to go, you knock the stinking door down. And if God didn't tell you to go, don't be surprised if the enemy doesn't present all kinds of open doors. Just because it's an open door doesn't mean it's God. Just because it's a closed door doesn't mean it's not, it, he's not leading you. Talk to me, somebody. We're led by his spirit, not just by circumstances. And am I saying God can't use circumstances? No. But we're led by his spirit before we're led by circumstances. Amen? Okay? So... Here's an example for fitness, okay? Some examples. Obstacle. Mindlessly eating for lunch what I always eat, okay? Strategy. Plan my lunch before I leave the house where and what I'll eat. That make sense? Obstacle. Inability to work out while I'm traveling. Strategy. Make sure the hotel has a workout room before I book it and pack my workout clothes and shoes because it's hard to run in black flats. Obstacle. Eating more calories than I intend because of Oreo cookies. Strategy. Record everything. This is a great app. I left my phone. It's charging in my truck. This is a great app. You need to write this down. My Fitness Pal. If you don't have it, it's a great app. You'll love it and you'll hate it at the same time. My Fitness Pal. It works for iPhone, iPad, or Android. My Fitness Pal. And what it is is you can record. It's a way to keep track of all the calories you eat. If you eat out, most of the major restaurants are in there. So like say you eat out at Chili's and you're going to get the, the mixed chicken and beef fajitas. It'll, it'll have that in the menu. You click it and it automatically puts in how many calories you ate. 
like I said, you'll love it and hate it at the same time. Okay? Uh, but Or if you eat, hey, I ate a medium-sized apple, or I ate a bowl of oatmeal, or whatever, and you forget to look on the package, you can just type it in there, and it brings it up automatically. Okay? And you can keep track, and you can keep a log of what you eat. Because here's the bottom line. Come on, a lot of us, we go through, it's kind of like spending money. If you have cash, that's why I don't, I don't use a lot of cash. I use my debit card because there's a receipt. Okay, man, I'll spend cash and I get the receipt, but I'll throw it away. But if it's a debit, I got to enter it in QuickBooks or, or Quicken. And so I hang on to that receipt and it's easier to log and keep track. But with food, man, it's real easy to eat. And well, I ain't losing any weight. Well, have you checked your log lately? You know how many calories is in that salad? That's amazing how many calories a salad will have. Okay, and so you, you, you get educated, all right? So identify obstacles and, and a strategy to overcome them. Number four, develop new behaviors. And this is where you need to focus. Ephesians 4. You still with me tonight? Yeah. Ephesians 4. Bringing your dream into reality. It's going to take discipline. Here's some keys to discipline. Ephesians 4. Verse 22. Put off. Concerning your former conduct, the old man which grows corrupt according to the deceitful lust, and be renewed in the spirit of your mind, and put on the new man which was created according to God in true righteousness and holiness. So you have to take off the old, be renewed in the spirit of your mind, and put on the new. And so listen, you're never going to move where you want to go by just focusing on the negative. Okay, focusing on what you don't want. I want to lose weight. Okay, well listen, focus on how much you want to weigh. Instead of just how much you want to lose. Amen. Focus on how much money you want in savings. Instead of just how much money you want to pay off in debt. Okay. Get that pot. Focus on where you want to go. Not what you want to leave behind. You got to be aware of what you want to leave behind. But if you'll get a big picture of this is where I want to go. This is what I want to accomplish. Then you'll begin to leave that stuff behind. That stuff will begin to take care of itself because of these new behaviors. I'll give you an example. And it's been years. I decided years ago. Okay, and I'm not a Nazi about it, but it's so ingrained now, it's not a big deal. Most of the time when I go out to eat, if I go out to eat with you, I will order one of two things when it comes to a drink. Okay, water with lemon or unsweet tea, no lemon. Okay, one or two things. Why? No calories. I'm saving the calories for what I can stuff in my mouth. Okay, I'm not going to add 100, 200 calories by Coke and then free refills. Not going to do it. Okay, am I making you feel bad because you want to do it? No, my family does that. That's fine. I'm not doing it. I want to eat calories. I don't want to drink them. <laughs> Personal opinion. Okay, and so I did it for so long. I've done it for so long, and occasionally I'll drink it. It just feels weird to me. Okay, and occasionally I'll have like a squirt. Those are good. Those citrus. I'll do it like a squirt soda drink for the carbonation. But, you know, most of the time, water unsweet tea. More water than tea. All right. So what you do, what happened? You replace that old habit with something new. Amen. Replace the old habit with something new. See, most of us, we focus on what we don't want. Man, I got to quit smoking. I got to quit smoking. I got to quit smoking. Listen, if you run around the block, try doing that while you smoke. <laughs> pretty hard to do. Now, you could probably figure it out, but pretty hard to do. So every time you desire a cigarette, run. <laughs> Serious. Go walk for a block. Go walk around the block and you can't light up. Replace it. Repla you have to replace it with some, some people chew gum. Some people eat food and then they got another problem. 
So now they don't smoke, but they put on all this weight. Okay, that's a common problem. Chew gum. Okay, go walk around the block. But you got to replace that old. you got to put off the old, be renewed in the spirit of your mind, put on the new. Okay, so you're going to replace the, the chicken fried steak with fish. Okay, not every time, but the majority of the time. You're going to replace the old with the new. Amen? Huh? What's the Bible say? Hey, instead of cussing and fussing, speak the truth in love. Instead of doing this, let him who stole steal no longer, but let him work with his hands. It's that process of, okay, I'm not going to do this, but instead of not doing this, i got to replace it. Because we don't live in vacuums. Amen? So you have to replace it. Okay, I'm not going to watch TV. Well, what are you going to do? Read a book. Talk with your family. Throw the football outside with your kids. Replace it with something. Okay? Still with me? Huh? Lastly, the last one's this. Stay focused. And that leads us to another D, which we'll get into next week, diligence. Stay focused. Okay? Go over your targets daily, where you want to go, why you want to get there. Okay? Anticipate your obstacles, and then work on the new behaviors. Now, again, if you get off track, which we all do because no one's perfect. All right? So I don't want to hear it if you see me at Chili's and I'm eating a burger and I happen to drink a Coke that day. That you probably will never see that, the burger, but not the Coke. Okay? But, but you could. Okay, well, you, I don't have any, you know, one time I preached a sermon about taking care of the temple and the following Monday I just ate like crud and someone came up and go, wow, how do you do that in light of Sunday? Well, the thing they don't realize is I don't like eat like that every day. Just every other day. No, not really. <laughs> not really. Once a week. Okay, all right. So does that make sense? So you got to stay focused. If, if you get off track, you don't beat yourself up. You don't get under guilt, shame, and condemnation. Sometimes when you begin to change the, these behaviors, it's three steps forward and two steps back. But here's the great news. You take three steps forward and go two steps back, you're still one step ahead. So again, you get a flat tire, you don't shoot the other tires, you change the tire and you move on down the road. Man, I got off my budget. Hector teaches us this in FPU. I got off my budget, man, and overspent. You don't throw away the budget next month. You get back on the budget for next month, and you do better that month. And you get back on track. Does that make sense? Okay, man, I didn't read my Bible today, and man, I, I was following my plan. All right, you know, read it tomorrow. It's okay. Get in the Word tomorrow. Pray, pray an extra five minutes tomorrow. Amen. Do an extra walk around the block tomorrow. Give some extra flowers to your wife tomorrow. Okay, whatever it is. Are you with me? So it's really, so discipline, it's really not about willpower as much as it is focusing on what you really want. What do you really want? Why do you want it? Why do you want it? What's at stake on you achieving it or not achieving it? And once you get crystal clear and specific on that, willpower takes care of itself. Amen? Did you learn something tonight? Every head bowed and every eye closed. I want to pray for you. Thank you for your patience tonight.